Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone, and welcome to the screen porch. It's my birthday, always a special day, though as a child it often was lost in the shuffle of our camping vacations when we visited Grandpa, my dear old mom's dad. I have beautiful memories of those campouts and visits. A new year ahead. They come so quickly, don't they? But what a privilege to have each day. Every day is a day to celebrate. I hope the sounds of the cicadas aren't too intrusive because I am looking forward to enjoying some time out in the woods, maybe take a swim in the lake to celebrate. Anyway, I want to thank those of you that wrote back about last week's chat about how rescuing aloe plants helps heal. Blaine Rothhauser, my new friend met by way of my birder buddy Dennis Breedy, said he enjoyed the aloe story during our interview yesterday. Blaine's magnificent photography is on the woodcock story we spoke about in episode 101, Woodcock Dance, Making a Meadow, that features Dennis's meadow, which Blaine and I adore. I'm excited to share bits of our chat, answering a question from a kind reader's concern about how artificial lights impact pollinators that starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. A while back, Kate from Wisconsin wrote in, responding to a column titled Antics of Meadow Wildlife, featuring my birder buddy Dennis Breedy's meadow just up the road a piece. Dennis shared there has been a notable decline in butterflies in recent years due to habitat reduction. It was comforting that during our discussion, six monarch butterflies flitted about along with several other favorable pollinators, leading to a talk about moths. Kay wrote, I always enjoy your posts, calming and reflective. Thank you. I was interested in what you mentioned about the decline in butterflies, and I think that light pollution is also a huge contributing factor that should be addressed. She went on to explain what she learned through research. Kay lives on Weiss Lake in Alabama, a resort community where people flee to experience solace and escape the busyness of urban life. These are her words, actually. It never ceases to amaze me that these same people want to bring all their night lighting from the city, destroying the very thing they are seeking. By lighting up their yards and landscapes, they destroy the view of the night sky full of stars and lightning bugs. Additionally, they discourage nocturnal pollinators. And then they get on the bandwagon to save nature. She goes on to say, what they need to do to save nature is just don't destroy it with artificial enhancements that interrupt the natural cycle. She went on to describe her wooden garden that includes several walking trails Visitors often tell me that I should add lighting for nighttime walks. After learning of the detriments to pollinators, I decided against it. And this was the part that I adored in her letter to me. I am also an advocate for planting to feed the birds, not making the birds dependent on me for food using feeders. That way, if I'm out of town, no bird goes hungry, and many birds come here since we are a birding trail. They all seek and find their own food. Thanks again for your insights and reading my thoughts on the subject. Keep up the good work. Regards, Kay. Dennis introduced me to his friend Blaine Rodhauser, whom he described as a naturalist who does moth counts in the meadow 
and someday soon I will be invited to experience the magic. I look forward to sharing that experience with you after I do. I asked Blaine about the impacts of lighting on moths, which to me would be more impacted compared to butterflies since they are by and large nocturnal. In totality, yes, um, lights are a problem for all of nature's aspects, right? Because mm-hmm. you just think about it, we've only had lights for what, you know, maybe 150 years mm-hmm. of our evolutionary existence. You all of a sudden you put artificial lights up and you can imagine the effects on species who did not evolve with metal halide, LEDs, you know, ultraviolet, uh, all the, um, some of the lights are full spectrum and, and how that overwhelms certain species are, you know, creates a navigational roadblock um, mm. for species that migrate. Um, so, yes, they're, you know, most negatively taxed to artificial lights. Um, they use lights to understand what up and down is, right? Mm-hmm. Before there were lights, there were stars and the moon, and that's how they recognize up and down. And think how faint starlight is and uh, moonlight's pretty bright but you know comparatively speaking to the lights that are around them um, they never evolved with that type of intensity so they will tax toward those artificial lights and then when they get close to say our metal halide thousand white very very bright full spectrum light with ultraviolet um, spectrum inside of it, they get confused and they start spinning and spinning and Mm. exhaust themselves. That's fascinating, Blaine. When I asked him how he became so enthralled with moths specifically, although he's knowledgeable about nature well beyond moths, he said, Yeah, it's really not moths that that got me hooked. I was hooked since a kid on, um, you know, the living world, whether it grew or flew or crawled or scratched or did anything, I was, you know, and continue to have a childhood fascination toward all things Mm. uh, nature. Um, It's the thing that keeps me alive. And we share that in common. Nature is so inspiring. We can learn so much from it, right, Blaine? I then, of course, had to ask him about his background in photography, which he's been doing for over 30 years, keeping up with all of the technology. He's so amazing. He actually sent me this photograph, and I think he wrote something like, it's more than bees and butterflies and moths that pollinate plants. And there was this cute little mouse sitting on a pussy willow eating the pollen. It was so adorable. I just wanted to kiss the little mouse. He prides himself as a wildlife photographer and a New Jersey conservation photographer. And he's a writer. You can read his blogs on LinkedIn. I'll put a link in the show notes. Plus, he has a website underway, and I look forward to that. There were so many things we spoke about during our interview, and I look forward to sharing more after our moth count. And we wrapped up with a touchback of Kay's question about lighting, because... Landscape lighting is part of the design elements that I do for clients. Although I'm not a huge fan of landscape lighting other than for the functional need of walking paths and things and a little bit of subtle lighting to uplight beautiful plants, but mostly for the function of lighting. So I asked Blaine about his opinion about landscape lighting left on all evening, even when folks aren't outside. 
Do you feel that landscape lighting, because it's often obviously used well into the evening when people aren't even out there, right? Do- yeah, well, that's the, that's the key, right, Mary? Yeah. Have all the lighting you want. Have your parties, and when you're done, turn the lights off. Uh, turn the lights off at night. That's all you have to do is, you know, yeah. don't just use them as ornamentals when nobody's around to enjoy them or... But yeah. that's hard to that's hard to convince people of, you know. Yeah, like they have to have Disneyland on their their the ambiance of Disneyland exactly. or something. Exactly. Is, exactly. Is there is the LED lighting any It's a little better. A little better. A little better. LED lights, um, although have a, a an ultraviolet spectrum, they're a little, uh, the intensity is less the energy usage is obviously less less. Mm-hmm. But you still can attract you know, insects. Um, yeah. It's when you accumulate lights on top of lights in cities where, you know, now it's a beacon. Right. As, as things, you know, migrate, that's when, that's when you got a problem. Right. So, Great. Uh, well, yeah. I thanks. think it's, it's, everything is in moderation, right? That's right. And so that's good advice. Turn off the lights when you're not using them. <laughs> there you Turn go. Turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Well, thank you, Blaine. It was such a delight to chat with you. And uh, I have to say, he is very modest about his credentials, which reads like a scientific roster of experience. But one of the things that um, really hit home to me was he is a specialist of threatened and endangered species, as well as has senior credentials as an ecologist and a wetland specialist and shares and sells his photos and articles to whoever wants to learn about the beauty of this incredible state. And I am one of them. Thank you, Blaine, for sharing your knowledge with us. And thank you, Kay, for your question. It's so great to learn how to use landscape lighting more politely. Thanks so much for coming by. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, I would so appreciate if more of you could... Take the time to give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined, because for some magical reason, the more we have, the more likely folks will find us and will join us, and the more of us will embrace the world in which we live that we share with our critters. Thanks again. See you next time on the screen porch. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag MaryElaineStone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.